What's up, Stark? Derek Gordon here, along with Brock Hutchison, for another episode. Uh, I can tell you, Brock and I are extremely excited to be here tonight, geeking out over our old baseball glory days. Well, Derek has already re- re- regaled us with several baseball That's stories. That's right. I got it out of the way before we started recording. So uh, we are joined tonight by John Mazzarelli and one of his uh, uh, pupils, uh, Mikey Ritterbeck. Um, John and Mike, thanks for being with us tonight. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Well, this is an incredible facility, but I'm going to give a little background uh, on John here. Um, he's a graduate of Canton Central Catholic High School and the University of Akron, drafted by the Houston Astros in the eighth round of the 1987 Major League Baseball draft. Played outfield and catcher in his decade-long career. We had a lifetime 271 batting average and 288 stolen bases. He stole over 30 bases five times, peaking at 54 in a single season. John began his minor league managing career in 2000, coaching for 18 seasons. 2018, he was inducted into Akron's Baseball Hall of Fame. He currently runs the Mazzarelli Baseball School, a baseball and softball instructional facility that teaches students from Little League Baseball through high school. The school has helped over 500 students go on to play college baseball or softball. So we are in the new um, facility tonight for the school, which is uh, the pictures striking, we're going to take are not going to do it yeah. justice. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, there's when you come in, how many, how many ball fields do you guys have here? We have six here, and I still, every time the sun's setting out here and you sit on the, the party deck, it's still got to pinch myself and realize the field of dreams has happened. No, it, it <laughs> yeah. truly is. Like I said, the photos we're going to take of this aren't going to do it justice tonight. But uh, I remember a few years back seeing the sign in the ground saying this was, was coming here. Uh, can you just talk a little bit about how it how it all came together here? It's been a long run. It was uh, like I mentioned to you earlier. We you know, we bought the, bought it with the dream right before COVID hit, and then that, of course has really kept us from getting even sure. now sure. Uh, getting everything the workers and getting the because it's a big project. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we're ready to roll. We're within a couple of weeks. We got tournaments starting in mid April, and hopefully this first season we're gonna probably get our feet wet a little bit and. Mm-hmm. But hope it's a fixture for a long time to come in this community. So, Mikey, what's it like playing here? I know Brock and I were talking about some of the facilities we played at when we were in high school, I, and this I puts remember, it to shame. I remember one time I, I I hit a ball and it hit it hit a bus. We had to play next <laughs> to the bus garage. You know, so. I think there are a lot of those stories. Not probably going to happen here. So, right. Mikey, what do you what do you think of the place? There's nothing like it. Just that, even the inside facility is amazing. Yeah, so we're sitting right now in the, would you call it a field house? And yes, we're on the second floor where the upstairs bar restaurant will be served. Uh, you remember those yes. bars we had in our Yes, I do. I do remember right? that, okay. yeah. I mean, this place is awesome. You have, you're decked out with all these uh, TVs above us. So you've got a beautiful view. Um, and we're sitting here amongst pretty much anything you can imagine baseball. So when you were designing this, I know you've, you've been coaching for a long time and, and training students. What, what were you, is this what you had in mind or was this, you know, I'm sure you've had something in your mind for a long time as like a maxed out facility. Right. We, I mean, the vision to me, my expertise was obviously on the instructional side mm-hmm. and I knew from a business side how not to make it too big mm-hmm. because of the costs associated with that. Uh, and then as it was getting designed and we started talking and all of a sudden a restaurant came into play, <laughs> uh, then a party deck. And so it just kind of evolved as we were developing the design with the design team that we used up in Akron. So it's, 
I can't wait. <laughs> How many square feet do you have here just in the field house? The building is uh, 100 by 100. Okay. Total. Uh, so 10,000. Yeah. Lost so my math there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was pretty good. You didn't, even, you didn't even use your calculator. <laughs> the workout facility, we have two floors. We got eight cages. Um, the upstairs has uh, tunnels for uh, instruction. And then the downstairs has a little open floor plan that can be divided into instructional cages as well. So uh, all in all between here, we we still have our facility up in Akron, which has been there since 2003 and is up and running. So between, uh, there's eight instructors. Uh, so of course the schedule, and the hard part now has been the scheduling and remembering which instructors in which facility <laughs> and location, Bolivar or Akron. So we're like squeezing Star County from both ends. Yeah, yeah, you are. <laughs> so Mikey, what, what position do you play and, and what have you, what kind of instruction have you gotten here? I play anywhere in the infield, and I like to pitch. And I've been hitting with John for a couple years now, and I've learned a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Dynamite drop in there, yeah. Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you mentioned you've been uh, in Akron since 2003, and I'm kind of working back to your, your playing days. How, how did you start getting in, into coaching? Because I know not, not every – extremely talented players always interested in coaching the next generation so what what kind of drew you to that i knew i knew even when i was playing that i had a passion uh you know at that point when i was playing professionally you know i saw i just said when i'm done i, I want to play and coach professionally mm. then my daughter was born uh the family life starts you get priority and i actually retired from professional baseball mm. not because she was starting first grade. And so mm -hmm. I retired, said, okay, I'm gonna go college coach. That's how mm -hmm. I ended up at Walsh University mm -hmm. with Coach Mead, uh, getting my master's. And I said, I'm gonna be a college coach. So I'm, I'm gonna be home every night. But of course, you see now college coaches, how they're going all over the yeah. country and chasing that. So that lasted about a year. And then the Astros offered me a position coaching and managing. And I had a passion for it. Uh, and it's a little more stable for your family when you're, cause you know you're not, you know, to give you an example, my last one year, the year my daughter was born, I had six moves oh um, gosh, in yeah. six months. So we lived in three different cities. So that, that's kind of life. People think it's a glamorous life. Mm. It's not. It's not glamorous at all. Well, so talk to us a little bit about that experience getting drafted by the Astros. And, you know, you talk a little bit about the less glamorous side of it. But some of it had to be pretty exciting. Oh, it was exciting. I was in – Never forget where I was at. I was in uh, Front Royal, Virginia. Uh, gosh, we, I don't know even how he didn't have cell phones. This is 1987, mm -hmm. and I was had to wait out and sit by a payphone <laughs> in downtown Front Royal. Oh man! Because that's the number that the scout had, and I had to sit there and wait. He told me they were going to draft me, so I was, you know, still on edge. And then when he called me and said they drafted me in the in the eighth round and you know i'll never forget that sitting there at the it's, it was dark mm -hmm. i'm sitting on this hill just sitting by a payphone watching it ring and getting the call and i'm in the car uh, driving home and the next morning and started my pro career a week later so what's that turnaround like just showing up to camp first day or you know what how How's that transition and, like? Because do you imagine. know Jeff Bagwell? That's okay. Go ahead. I'm, I knew that was going to come out at some point, so <laughs> might as well get that out of the way. Bags and I were teammates. We actually okay. uh, play a lot of golf together. And uh, the year before, actually, he the 
uh, he made a trade to the Astros in, I believe it was 92, and I was in the instructional league, and uh, the Astros just traded for him. So that was his first introduction to Houston. And I ended up, uh, I want to say we ruined, was, I was rooming with Lofton, Kenny Lofton. Oh, oh my, cool. okay. <laughs> okay. Gee. Opened up yeah, a whole okay. Well, room. now, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Great dudes, by the way, both Bagwell sure. and uh, Kenny Lofton. So, I could give you a list of Hall of Famers. <laughs> well, not, give, give not, I'm not one of them. Well, come so. on, yeah, come on, give us some, give us some, uh, oh. some from the tribe. That's our, that was our uh, passion as a kid. Oh, Kenny's the only big Jim Tomey. We okay. played against Jim. Yeah. I, I saw him in his first game in AAA. How about Billy uh, Wagner? Billy Wagner. I was a I hope you didn't coach with him. the Astros. Yeah, that sounds like I had retired when Billy yeah. came up through the Astros. So when I was in AAA, I think as when the Astros drafted him. So he was behind me, mm-hmm. and then I became a coach when he was okay a star. Then, so yeah, he was incredible. Yes, well, yes. Well, I want to know about your skill set because I don't know too many catchers who steal that many bases. So <laughs> that's is, true. Is this yeah, like that's I, out to I, me too. the only comp I can think of is like a Jason Kendall type? Is that is that what I'm yeah, looking at? I or it, I mean, my my speed kept me got me drafted. Mm-hmm. It kept me in the game as long as it did. Um, it was just. Yeah, it was it was unique. It didn't, there weren't catchers that ran. Um, it actually uh, probably extended my career because when uh, the tribe traded for Lofton from the Astros, they traded for uh, Ed Tobinsey, and so I was the Triple A catcher. They made that trade, and Ed Tobinsey was now going to be the Triple A catcher. Mm. Well, this is my job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for me to stay in Triple A. Mm-hmm. I had to learn another position, so they moved me to center field uh, at that point in my career. So I had to learn to play center field on the fly uh, in order to keep my job and keep getting paid to do it. <laughs> so you must have had a, a, a great deal of speed, especially if you're going from catcher to center field. I mean, you really don't hear that much. So describe, I guess, talk to us a little bit about um, your style of play and how you describe yourself as a player. Um I would like I'd probably say like a dirt ball kind of guy <laughs> always probably play a game as hard as I could all the time and I think I got that reputation why and why I never had trouble uh, finding a job mm-hmm. uh, even when I was a free agent mm-hmm. uh, had a lot of calls just for that and I think it was more the the style of play of that it wasn't it was hard I've, I've tried to play the game hard and try to be a great teammate you see any current either minor or major leaguers that remind you of your, your style? Gosh, I don't know if they're allowed to play hard in the big leagues anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's hard to watch. I'm going to be honest yeah. sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's hard to watch. It was, it's been fun watching the World Baseball Classic right now because mm-hmm. it seems like they're, really going they're for playing it. for more yeah. passion and they're not even getting paid to do it. So it tells yeah, you money sure. doesn't motivate you. Uh, I watch a big league game and it doesn't seem anything like what they're playing right now in the World Baseball tonight. It's a nice championship game, I think. Yeah, I think so. What, what do you think of the current the changes they're trying to make to speed the game up right now? Oh, I my think gosh. that's part of it. It seems like guys just really yeah, take I love their your time take on and, that. Yeah. yeah. Well, you already you already see pitchers manipulating the system. Mm-hmm. It hasn't even started yet. Mm-hmm. They haven't got to the regular season, and you see Max Scherzer out there manipulating the clock mm-hmm. and watching what the hitter's doing. And not a fan of. I'm an old, more old school with the way the game was played. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all the way back from the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. How, I'm, that's just me. Mm. So going back even a little bit further, you know, seeing players like Mikey and others that are uh, that you're working with, 
was there a moment where you realized, you know, I think I'm good enough to make a, a career out of this or where you see some separation between you and maybe the other uh, folks you're playing with? Um, gosh, that's a, that's a good question. I think when, I'll get, when it really started getting the bug, I'll bring it back to Class A League in Canton. Mm -hmm. It doesn't exist, unfortunately, yeah. anymore. Down to Cooks. I started playing in that league when I was 16. Mm -hmm. And those guys were college age or the Joe Gilhausen's, mm -hmm. Dave Frost's that were in their 40s playing in that league. And that league was good. Yeah, that was award-winning. It was a good competitive league. And I was totally overmatched. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Intimidated. Mm -hmm. Just totally overmatched. And so when I was, I played in that league 16, 17, 18. So I came back my freshman year in college at 19 and made the all-star team. Mm -hmm. And that was really the first time in my mind, because I said, these guys are good. Right. And they're not playing pro ball. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time I got in my head, okay, I got to, I can do this. Because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm an all-star in this league. And that's when I, I actually left the A league to, and pursued uh, what was called the Valley League in Virginia, which is an elite college league. I mm -hmm. wrote letters, made phone calls, and just worked my butt off all winter and tried to get invited to that league because I knew it was a top collegiate league mm -hmm. uh, and went in that league, and we won a championship. And to me, that gave me the confidence going back to Akron and the year I had my junior year and got me drafted, achieved my dream. So it was that was really where it started, I think, in the Class A League in Canton. That's do you, do you have any players that inspired you growing up to play or role models? Oh, gosh, Thurman Munson when I was mm -hmm. a boy. That that tragedy happened when I was eighth grade, okay. 14 years old. So at that, I had a big poster of him on my wall, so I remember, I'll never forget that. Is that what you wanted uh, to catch? That's why, I mean, my father was a catcher in pro ball okay. with the Baltimore organization. So that was it too. But then also Thurman being, you know, when, when I started – watching baseball 9, 10, 11 years old. He was in the World Series every year, and sure. he was, of course, from Canton. So it was he was probably a big inspiration. Then Pete Rose. I love Pete Rose playing. I love the Big Red Machine. Those, mm -hmm. I mean, those guys, the way they played the game is how I tried to style, I think, how I played mm -hmm. the game. When you ask what type of player I think I was, I, I wanted to be like Pete Rose, like mm -hmm. Thurman, like mm -hmm. those guys played. Played hard, yeah. So, Mikey, how about how about you? Um, what role models are you seeing? Are you watching the, the current major leagues? Or? Aside from John, of course. <laughs> Aside from John. Um, I like a lot of the shortstops. Javier Baez, Lindor. Hmm. I like, for pitchers, I liked Corey Kluber when he was on the Indians. And I also liked um, Max Scherzer when he played for the Nationals. But not now. <laughs> Not after what John said. No. <laughs> well, Matt's just playing by the rules. I mean, yeah, I, yeah they're all learning new ones him. now. Yeah. Well, John, I know you said you've had over 500 students that you've gone on to to play college ball. Um, you know, for someone like Mikey, what are you trying to instill in them? What are you looking for to help? You know, get them to that to that point in their career. Um, you know, it's a process. That's with our team that Mikey's on. Uh, it's a very good 14U team. It's they're all very talented and going to make an impact in, in high school. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Mikey's starting shortstop for Fairless next year. I think Stark County is going to know who uh, Mikey Ritterbeck is in the next couple of years. But the biggest thing I told him, I was talking to him tonight, is it's that mental side of the game. That's mm -hmm. what's going to separate them 
uh, as they get because they're all talented enough to play at the high school level. Mm -hmm. But then you're going to they all want to go back. It's a passionate group who wants to get past that level. When you get that past that level, it's not about physical tools anymore. It starts to become a mental, what your mental approach is, what your passion is, how you're preparing yourself when you're not in between the mm -hmm. lines. And so we, I like to deal a lot with those questions for the kids. Mikey, let's talk a little bit about your team. So are you a travel ball team? Uh, who do you play and, and that kind of thing? We are travel. We play, I feel like everyone from Ohio that wants to play. We even go out of state. Are you playing in tournaments or? Yes, we do play tournaments. So what's what's that like? I've been doing it for a while. It's fun. Even hotels, campgrounds. <laughs> yeah. Tell them how many games Mikey's we play. Mikey's a man of yeah. few words. How many games yes. we play? We Tell them how psycho you guys are. <laughs> Fifty games a season. Oh yeah. Not yeah. including. Are you playing seven inning games? Seven inning games. Whew. That's a yes. grueling schedule. Multiple games in a day. These parents are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> They'd schedule 75 games with it. I always tell them, wait a minute, college gets knocked off at 55. Yeah. They're only allowed to play. How many are we going to play? <laughs> so so does that help? I mean, you've, you've been in the minors. I, I mean, like you said, it can be glamorous, but it's also a grind. Mm -hmm. does, does that experience, you know, kind of help them, you know, parallel what they would be getting into if they make a career out of it? It does, and that's that's kind of the mental stuff I talk to them about the the grind of that. Of it's, I mean, it can be even more grinding. They're they're playing. We'll play tournament Sundays where we're playing three games and sometimes four mm -hmm. in a single day. I mean, you don't do that at the major league level. No. How do you handle uh, pitcher conditioning? For you know, do you do you limit the amount of pitches, or how, how do you how do you? Well, that's that? something I. You know, it's a little sore spot with me with some of the other travel organizations, how they handle the pitching with the kids. Uh, you know, I was lucky enough managing professionally for 18 years and trained uh, on how to handle a staff in terms of how many mm -hmm. innings is appropriate, uh, how many inning, how many days they should have off before they throw again. It's very important, and it's a very over – it's a bad part of our sport mm -hmm. is because you get – basically a lot of times you're getting dads that – never really played at higher levels and they're throwing kids out there too much yeah and hurting them yeah yeah i know you have to be cognizant of that to be right and if they don't even think it's if you're not hurting them that week and that's not what you were talking about it's down the road yeah and, yeah. and for term when they're seniors in high school and all of a sudden they've thrown three thousand pitches and the arm gives out <laughs> yeah are you um now with the pitching, I, I was a pitcher in high school, so I'm like particularly interested in the subject. But um, what uh, what kind of pitches are you throwing for like a 14U team? Are you are you mostly doing just fastballs? Are you working in curveballs yet? Yeah, I've had this group since they were 12. Uh, at 12, I wouldn't let them throw breaking balls. Uh, last year, a little bit more at 13U, let them tinkle with it, gave them restrictions on counts they could throw a breaking ball. Now we're on the big field. Uh, and their pitches, they won't – I'll definitely be able to monitor their pitches a little bit more, but I'll still have some rules on off-speed, but not as bad. So yeah. They're going into high school next year where there are no rules. Yeah. Although they, <laughs> high schools come down a little bit, at least on the pitch count side with the, the high school coaches. So it's getting better in that regard. Well, Mikey's well on his way, it sounds like, to being one of your success stories, but what are some of the other 
students you've had come through that you're particularly proud of? Um, right now I'm watching uh, Philip Glosser, who's the starting shortstop for Indiana. Uh, he's one of our students. Uh, uh, Adam Folk is at, uh, gosh, I mix him up, Otterbein, not Wittenberg. Uh, so but it, it's – I mean, I have a list of papers. I was going to say, you've, There's you've, a got, list you've here done I quite a few, going. I'm sure. Between now and it's even more because it's not just me at the at the baseball school. Uh, we have eight instructors, uh, and most of them, majority of them, with pro experience. Uh, and we have we'll have a lot of guys uh, where my pitching coach will mention, "Hey, so and so is pitching it," and I forgot about him. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot he. That's a good problem. That I forgot really he was a student of ours, yeah. and I'm like, "Oh yeah." So I try to follow him on social media, Twitter, and try to keep tabs on him and tweet out a good job to him once in a while. So um, I know we talked about this a little bit earlier, but going back to your playing days. Uh, switching gears here a little bit, do you have any specific favorite memories or uh, players, teammates, that kind of thing from your playing time? Oh, my gosh. Uh, a lot. Um, we mentioned Kenny Lofton. We won our first championship together in 1991, uh, Tucson Toros. Uh, That's awesome. And that was – I was a year, for, at least for me personally, uh, one of the six-year – or six-move years for me. Uh, where I started the year six move years. I, I started. Multiple. I started the move in the year in Florida at Kissimmee. Went to Jackson, Mississippi, to Tucson, back to Jackson, to Tucson, back to Jackson, to Tucson. Whew. I assume there's many days you wake up and like where not 100 percent sure where I'm at. Right <laughs> now, right? I know I was. So that and but it culminated that I was on the team when we clinched it and got to win a championship. Uh, or Kenny Lofton was the hero, and he went on to have a pretty good career after that. He did okay. <laughs> That's really cool. He did okay. <laughs> well, again, this show's called What's Up Start. We really like to highlight folks doing great things in the area. And, you know, with your connections, you could have built this facility or had a, you know, successful coaching facility anywhere. What's kept you in the area and, and gave you that commitment to build here in Bolivar? Um, It has to be family. It's kept me in the area and my, you know, ties to – Canton Central Catholic. My wife's a teacher there. Mm -hmm. um, so when I started, I mean, we could have had an opportunity to move back when I started coaching uh, with the Astros. Uh, and she got a job at Central Catholic. And, you know, I love my alma mater too. Like her, she's a Central Catholic grad. Mm -hmm. uh, so it kind of, we bought our first house right around there and just kind of kept it. This is our home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So we always like to ask our guests some of your sort of favorite things to do around the county, places to eat, that kind of thing in Stark County. So um, just moving away from baseball just for a moment, what do you like to do when you're not here playing baseball? That doesn't happen very often, it doesn't look like. but <laughs> We're travelers. We like to travel, cruises. Uh, but we, we're foodies, too. We're big on food tours. We've done the Canton food tour favorite, a couple times. Give us some favorites. The new one's going to be right here, Masamiya Italian Restaurant in, at Mazzarelli Baseball Complex. Okay, so tell us a little we're bit about that. We're kind of Stark yeah. County. We're like, you can hit a driver. You're, you're on the edge. Yeah. You you're can right. hit a driver and a wedge to Stark <laughs> yeah. County from here. But I could, I could name them all. Well, what's on the menu for the restaurant? Oh, it's going to be a family-style Italian. So, and a little dugout menu for the, for the oh, parents in the nice, beer game. Nice, nice. <laughs> and some margaritas for Mikey's mom. <laughs> <laughs> but you, where do you like to eat? So Mikey, how about well, 
I like anywhere. I like fast food. I like Chipotle. Raising Cane's. <laughs> I liked Newt's before that closed. Well, you, you don't have time to sit down and eat anywhere if there's many baseball games. Uh, right this out, is so true, can, yeah. This is absolutely true. I got Wendy's before this game, and I was eating in the dugout before the game. That was pretty good. And he's a three-sport guy, so he's up tomorrow morning at 6 lifting Jeez. for football. Four? Track. So track, football, oh. baseball, and? Basketball. Basketball. So if there's another baseball player right now in the area that's looking for a place to come, what what would you say to them about how would you describe this place to them and, and working with John? I mean, there's no one like John. He's the best instructor around. Thanks, Mikey. Yeah. No pressure. It's not like he's sitting right here. And the facility, you could just take a picture of it from outside and yeah. it'll draw anyone in. That's beautiful. I mean when you come up it's it's lit up. The campus is absolutely striking. I mean it really is. Really uh really unique place so john if, if folks are interested in learning more about this or have a kid who might might be interested in instruction where where should we send them um you go to the website masterlybaseball.com uh, and call or email off that there's all the instructors sells directly i usually book for all the instructors so they can call me directly well, and we encourage everybody drive on by you can't miss it if you're down in the bolivar area it's a beautiful facility and appreciate you hosting us tonight Thanks for having us. All right, and tune in next time for another episode of What's Up Start. It was a girl with a brilliant mind, but the parents called us, she said, autograph. It was a boy with some 